Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. Uh, we have an exceptional guest this week, like every week. I always feel like guilty that we're like, I'm like trying to like throw shade on all the other guests, but so I do not mean that. Obviously, I love every single guest we've had. They've all been this so amazing. This week is truly, truly the best guest ever. And forget whatever we said prior with I prior I was lying guests. about the other ones. No, so I always, that's my... That's like my weird like paranoia that somebody another guest will hear it and be like, what about me? But obviously nobody thinks that way. Um, <laughs> no, we have an amazing guest this week, like always, uh, who's an amazing person and an Asian. <laughs> but uh, before we <laughs> before we introduce them, we're going to do our Patreon shout outs. As you all know, by now, we have a Patreon. But for those listeners who are new to Feeling Asian... If you like the podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feelingasian. Uh, Youngmi and I offer different subscription tiers with different exclusive benefits, but any donation amount gets you a shout out on the pod where Youngmi and I use our psychic abilities. Huh. Um, I, also, I also now have psychic abilities, Youngmi. No, I, yours are more <laughs> spot on than mine, so. <laughs> it's not a contest, but we try to guess who you are based on your name alone. <laughs> And young me, are you ready for our first shout out of the episode? I'm so ready. Our first shout out goes out to Anna Dominique Miranda. You know what? Whenever we have a name that sounds like not Asian, we're always like, oh, this person is biracial or has an Asian spouse or something. What if they're just... I'm always, what if, I'm always yeah. like, they're Filipino. <laughs> <laughs> what, if, what if it's just like a non-Asian person? Maybe Oh yeah, this person might be an Asian person. But what if it's a non-Asian person that just like loves their content? What if they don't, you know, they just see Asian people as humans? You know what I mean? I'm not saying for this person specifically. I'm just saying, you know, in the future. I'm still going to guess that Anna Dominique Miranda is Filipino. Me too. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I meant like like when we get names like Nick Bridges or something. Or like Nick Bridges loves Asian chicks or something. But uh, yeah, I think this person. I have to say this person sounds extremely hot. I'm getting model vibes. I am too. I wasn't going right? to say that because I feel like we say that a lot, but I am too. I'm seeing a lot of I'm jewelry. I think this person wears a lot of jewelry. Yeah, I was just about to say, I think Anna Dominique Miranda is a model, wears a lot of vintage kind of Western inspired clothing, lots of jewelry, turquoise. Western like cowboy? Kind of. Like, she, like, she rocks like oh. Levi's and All right. kind of like fringe oh. vests, jackets and stuff. I, I could see that, yeah. All while being extremely hot professionally. You know, when you're hot, you can wear cowboy boots wherever the fuck you want, let me tell you. Uh, 1,000%. They're going to look great on you. There's a, saying, right. there's a saying in Korea. I forgot how it goes, but it basically means like some people can just wear whatever and they make it look good. And some people, mm-hmm. whatever they wear, it looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Anna is like the one that makes any like she can wear cowboy boots and like jorts and like <laughs> yeah. flip flops and it's gonna be amazing. That's my vibe. Anna, thank you for donating to the podcast and please send us a photo of those cowboy boots. <laughs> Our second shout out goes out to Sue Wong. Sue Wang Sue Wong. Sue Wong. Sue Wong, I'm feeling very artsy art painter comic book artist 
vibe. Oh, I'm getting me. the opposite. Really? Yeah. I think Su Wang, Su Wong works as an Fashion. accountant, <gasps> but has a very chaotic secret life to balance it out. But I, you're getting um, comic book artist. I'm getting artist. I'm getting artist mm. vibes. Su Wong is like my age, you know, like 30s, like has her life together. <laughs> it sounds like you just know her. <laughs> you know who this it's person is. my friend Su Wong. <laughs> what if I just got my friends to like subscribe and then like, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm right again. <laughs> no, I feel like, yeah, I'm like this person has like very, their life is put together vibes to me. I'm getting, I'm going to stick with my guess. I'm guessing accountant, but uh, Burning Man community vibes. Like Su Wong is active right. amongst that the Burning sense. Man community, but she is an accountant for some, I don't know, we'll say like Procter I, and Gamble or something. I just want to, I just want to say if somebody accused me of being into Burning Man, that would be the biggest insult. So I'm <laughs> so sorry, Sue. Sue, I apologize to you, my friend, that Brian said that you were Burning Manny. I would literally walk into traffic if somebody said, you know what vibes you have? Burning Manny. I would just end it all. That would be so humiliating. <laughs> So I'm so sorry, I will, Sue. I do not I, okay. condone. Youngmi, I concur. <laughs> that has been, that is absolutely the meanest thing that I have ever said about one of our wonderful Patreon subscribers. You did not but deserve that, Sue. Is, however, let me just go on the record for our listeners. You are going on this diatribe about how fucked up it is to call someone Burning Man while you are wearing a long sleeve turtleneck that has sun prints all over it. Yeah, I am wearing that a very argue- Burning that- Manny shirt. I'm that is a Burning Manny shirt. Burning Man shirt right now. It's it's ironically though. It's like how you would be okay. wearing the cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sue, I apologize for accuse- saying such an inflammatory thing about you, but I hope you can find it in your heart to keep subscribing to our podcast. <laughs> oh my two. God. It's the last um, one. The last one goes out to Christine D. My, my psychic abilities are all fucked up now because I said something so bad about Sue. Christine D. Christine D. I feel I can, I, I feel, I'm picking up the psychic vibe. Her favorite food is sushi, <laughs> which is what? Sushi, but more oh, okay. specifically, the what's it called? The yubu tubu? What's it called? <laughs> tofu. <laughs> the one that's Uni? like the inar inari, like the pocket, the tofu pocket. I feel like in Korean it's called like yubu chobap or something. <laughs> you know the tofu I, uh... pockets with the like. Now that's her favorite thing, and all her friends. I'm sorry, are like, young me. When you're yelling at it, yelling it to me a third time, I don't understand it more clearly. <laughs> Brian, Brian, the tofu bag pocket, and like the and her, the, tofu, the tofu skin pocket, and then whenever they go to sushi, her their her friends make fun of her because they're like, God, she's gonna get the freaking tofu pockets. Again. <laughs> 
<laughs> like she's gonna get like eight hours of the tofu pockets. <laughs> but she proposes it as a group thing. Like, hey, we should all get these tofu pockets, right? <laughs> <laughs> should I get the tofu pockets appetizers? You guys want to split it with me? <laughs> and they're like, oh, <laughs> no, we don't oh. have the heart to say we don't want it. Oh, it's always so sweet. <laughs> Why is it always so sweet? It always has like carrots in it or something. <laughs> On that note, everyone, thank you again for donating to our Patreon. Once again, you can do so at patreon.com slash feelingasian. And I think this is a seamless transition. All this tofu pocket talk. We should introduce our guest now. Yeah, I'm so excited. Let's do it. Guys, we have a very, very special guest this week. She is a, in her own words, a food person. Everyone, please give your ears to Sola El Whaley. Hello. Should I applaud? Woo! <laughs> it feels like we need something here. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, we're so excited. Um, yeah, Sola asked us to introduce her as food person. It's so weird because in my head I was thinking, she's a food person. And then you said it. It was so it's like weird. we're connected even and before. The cosmic energy yeah, exactly. is palpable Psychic through my MacBook screen right now. <laughs> Coming through. And then Brian and I were talking about, um, before you joined us, Sola, like how things keep happening like that. Like we were talking about something and then one of our listeners sent us a DM very specifically in the message saying something that we were talking about. It was it was like hot. We were talking shit, so I'm not going to say what we were talking about. <laughs> but we were talking shit about somebody and then she messaged us saying the exact same thing and we were like, what? Well, I mean... We are in a simulation, right? I've heard that it's I been a simulation it. since 2020. There's so much evidence for it oh. now. Oh. I totally believe it now. You know what? I was down to talk food, but fuck it. I want to talk about the simulation <laughs> yeah. and how what what we're doing right what? now is it's all we're, we're not even our own beings. This is all on a script. <laughs> what what has been the most convincing um example of like evidence to you sola oh i don't know it's just i hear people talk about this stuff i i truly believe nothing matters but you know <laughs> if you believe things matter same then it, it can yeah it can get complicated sola thank you for joining us in this simulation aka the feeling asian podcast and per <laughs> this ai script that i'm following before we ask you how you feel Young me, how are you feeling? So I'm in San Francisco right now. I'm visiting my friends. Um, my friend, I used to live here for seven years, so I have a lot of friends here. And um, it keeps happening to me over and over again, and it surprises me every single time. But when I see somebody that I really care about that I haven't seen, you know, obviously in the last year and change, I like get so emotional. And like every single time it happens, I'm like taken by surprise. And I'm like, mm. well, yeah, of course I would be emotional. I love this person. And I literally thought that I would never see them again in a weird, a weird part of my, like a small part of my brain thought that, you know? Yeah. And so I saw my friend Audrey, who's like one of my closest best friends last night. And we were really crying. She started crying so hard and she sounded super Korean. Like, <laughs> when she like, cried. <laughs> so she's half Korean, but she's grew up in the States and mm -hmm. like, you know, like very in this like very white culture. And she grew up and she's kind of like, I think she's way more like white looking than I am. Mm -hmm. So like she's more like white passing. So like it, when she started crying really hard and it sounded Korean, it like took me by surprise. Like she sounded like 
a Korean 80-year-old grandma in like the most loving, I mean then the most <laughs> loving way. <laughs> like, like a war survivor grandma. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is so interesting. I had this thought like, oh, she's like my family, you know? Because I haven't really been missing my family. I know a lot of people have, but like I have mm. like, I'm a little estranged from my family. So that feeling I think other people have about like missing their family is probably how I feel about like Audrey. Mm. Anyway, that's like how I'm feeling. How are you feeling, Brian? Oh, that's really tender, young me. <laughs> I just want to say I know, that- I was, I felt like I was going <laughs> to cry, so I stopped talking about it. Oh, well, I just want to say that is one of my favorite feelings is when you catch up with an old friend and even though you yeah. haven't been in communication as frequently as you should be, just like picking up where you last left off and it feels like time hasn't even passed at all. That's awesome. I thought you were going to say your favorite feeling is crying like an <laughs> 80-year-old Korean grandma. Oh, well, that <laughs> was like, that's, that's my so second Korean that's my you. second favorite feeling. <laughs> um, I'm feeling Yeah, honestly, I feel great. I feel super happy right now. Um, mm. I think, you know, the spring vibes are very heavy in the air in New York and it's just makes me feel really, really great. And I've been getting a lot more time outside. I've been having a lot more time outside, just playing tennis with friends and um, driving upstate to go hiking. And uh, on top of that, I went on a really, really great date last night. And Ooh. yeah, Ooh. in person, life's good in person. Look at this. We're coming <laughs> back, baby. <laughs> We're coming back. <laughs> Brian's back. (laughs) (laughs) We're back, baby. And yeah, you know, I know this is unusual for us, Young Me, whenever we're on air and we're like, nothing is wrong. Everything is good. But in this moment right now, this is awesome. You know, I just feel really good and really happy right now. Well, I mean, it's great. I feel like a lot of people in New York are feeling like that because the weather Mm -hmm. And for me, makes me feel like my happiness is not real or something. (laughs) Like I'm like, Mm. oh, I'm such a, I'm so easily like persuaded by the weather. I'm I'm a loser. (laughs) But then why, why not just feel good? Cause it's nice out. (laughs) Oh, I have the opposite. Like, you know how people get sad in the winter time when it's gloomy and cloudy. Uh I go into depression as soon as the sun comes out. I'm like, close the blinds. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I don't really like sunshine Whoa. or warmth or uh, n- nature. Oh, <laughs> wow. so everything you- <laughs> so everything I just described is uh, your definition of an absolute shit time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like nature when it's covered in snow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Whoa, really? I like it when it's like wet what? and cold. I have heard of that though. I've heard of like the summertime sadness. <laughs> popular song. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's where she got it from. A wise philosopher uh, named Lana Del Rey. <laughs> you got that summertime sadness. Uh, the voice of our generation. Truly. <laughs> huh, that's so interesting. What? How, do you know any other people that are like that? My husband's exactly the same, which is great because we never want to go to the beach. So we don't go to the beach together wow. and it's perfect. Nice. <laughs> Have you ever talked to him about why that is? You know, I think a big part of it is in when the weather is nice, there's more people out. And I just don't like to be mm. out when there's a lot of people out. Like, I take it back. I like the right. beach in the winter time when there's nobody there mm. and it's super cold and windy. Good times. Mm. Well, so uh, I, 
<laughs> I hope I didn't bring your vibes down with my spring summer energy. No, but, it's fine. Uh, how, <laughs> other than that, how are you feeling? Right now, I just feel tired. But I like fluctuate between tired and excited. Because I've just got a lot going on right now, which is really cool and exciting. But also, I'm tired. <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind of, mm-hmm. I wish that there was just like a longer days and weeks. And I, can you guys believe that May is over? I didn't accomplish any of my goals for the month. I don't even, I, I never set goals for myself and I didn't com- accomplish any of them either. So, right. You're, when you don't set goals, <laughs> you have nothing to be disappointed about. That's a, that's no, a that's galaxy true. brain hack right there. <laughs> I'm always, I'm always feeling like a failure. So I don't really need to rub it in tack on anything yeah <laughs> so you're feeling um sort of like going between excitement and tiredness i have to say that like i i get tired if i have like one thing on the schedule every day <laughs> like per day like this is my one thing today and i'm gonna be exhausted after this so <laughs> i feel the tiredness thing i just got on tiktok and i've noticed that mm. tiktok directs me towards a lot of them people who are doing videos about like mental health because I guess they realized Mm. I need that so uh (laughs) I learned of this one thing from TikTok I have no idea if it's true but they said that some people have with ADD have something called like waiting room syndrome so if you have one thing to do that day you can't get anything else done and I feel like I do that sometimes holy shit I am I I do that like if I have a I hate meetings at end of like very end of the day, let's say 6 p.m. or 5 p.m. meeting mm-hmm. because I literally can't do anything else and I'm just so fixated on mm-hmm. that one meeting. <laughs> and yeah, that's af- me. Right. And after it's done, once you hop onto the Zoom call, they're like, actually, let's push this to next week. And I'm like, great. I just wasted an entire day, but I am free. <laughs> I, I see a lot of TikToks like that. And now almost like 95% of the information that I know, which no one should do this, is from TikTok. And now I'm like, I'm an expert mm-hmm. at ADHD. <laughs> I saw some TikToks about but it. I, <laughs> yeah, I get those videos too. But I mean, I'm interested in that topic. So it makes sense that they like steer them to me. Mm-hmm. But All right. I'm yeah. on to you, young me. So anytime I ask you, where did you get that from? You're like, oh, an article. I read it in an article somewhere. I read this book. One hundred percent from TikTok. Who's the author? Um, at the <laughs> at d a p u s s y. So, uh, thanks again for joining us on the Feeling Asian podcast. And as a self-described food person. Uh, I wanted to kind of ask you something that is food related. I've noticed that recently there's been a lot of attention placed on racism, uh, especially in food media. In my opinion, more than other forms of niche media. Mm-hmm. Like, because, you know, I, I'm not a food person, but I, we can all understand that racism is pervasive. It touches all industries, ranging from fashion and travel all the way down to seemingly more like insular, harmless, quote-unquote harmless topics such as crafting. But uh, what I want to know is why do you think food specifically has been spotlighted for this issue? Um, I think that, well, it's kind of like um, 
You know how a few years ago, PETA was going after foie, going after these foie farms, um, just uh-huh. trying to shut them down. And yeah, foie farming, depending on who you ask, can be inhumane. But there's like two foie farms in the country. It's not that big mm. of an issue. What's really big is like commercial chicken farming. Like, why don't they go after Tyson? Because I think that's like really big and scary and you don't know where to start. And I think that's the kind of the same thing. Food media, there's racism in every industry, but I think people are paying attention to racism in food media because it feels like a small thing that we can actually make an impact on because there's not that many food media outlets, you know? I feel like it feels like a, we're like dipping our toes into this anti-racism work. And I feel like- it's an easy place to start. That's such a good, you know, I was really interested oh. to hear your answer to this question. And like, that's not, that's not even something I, I considered <laughs> ever. So like, I was like, oh, I wonder why I was like really curious. And then, but that makes so much sense. Well, I mean, it's, I feel like, like bigger issues, like how black women are treated by physicians, you know, when trying to get medical care, that's like, that feels like so big and so hard to tackle. And there's like so much systemic ingrained issues within that to, to solve, which feels kind of impossible. But with food media, it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, there's just like a handful of outlets. There's a handful of people. I feel like we can make a change here faster. You know, do you think because of like all the recent things and like the attention that is brought upon this issue in food media has like, have you, have you felt like a shift at all or what do you think? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, um, from little things like the way a lot of media outlets are titling stuff like before, Hmm. just, just like a couple years ago when you were doing like a dish, like a, uh, like a korma recipe, they wouldn't call it korma. They'd call it like North Indian curry parentheses mm. korma but you know like now they're putting forward the the name that the people who eat the food call it and then they, they have still like in parentheses the american name mostly for seo but i feel like people are starting to pay attention to that stuff and i mean almost overnight like i feel like when i started at in food media everyone was like where are all the black people there's no black people and then when they needed to find the black people they found them and now there's a lot more voices and it just happened in a few months. So I feel like there is change happening. I mean, I, I think there's a long way to go because the people at the top haven't changed and that's really where you need to make change. But yeah, starting at the bottom <sighs> is not bad either. <laughs> you know, The people at the top thing always gets me because I'm like, you know, obviously any kind of change is like very welcomed, you know, for us as like Asians and people of color. But then I'm always like, well, are you going to switch the guy that signs our paychecks or (laughs) (laughs) that's the guy that I'm worried about? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'm still thinking because your answer is an angle that I had never really considered before, but it makes perfect sense. And I did I just blow your mind? (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Right. Because as someone who isn't as who isn't entrenched in the culinary industry or food media at large, to me, food always felt like not something small, but almost the opposite, like really something really big in that it's so deeply Mm. personal and inseparable from cultural identity. And there's a lot of stories Mm. behind a lot of recipes. And I think that's why in food media, you've I've noticed at least like a lot of a lot more white um, chefs have are being held accountable for appropriating certain recipes or like 
you know, exploiting certain cultures for capital gain. And、mm. I think that all happens because food is so, it, it's just so rich. And it's not just the food itself, but there's like stories behind all of those recipes. Well, it's crazy because everybody eats and everyone has opinions on food, but the voices behind food media, it's just a handful of people who don't really、mm. come from diverse backgrounds. So, I'm glad that we're starting to see some more voices enter that field, but it's been pretty much just like a space for rich white people. So,、mm-hmm. yeah, most people are being left out of the conversation. I love that you included that because I feel like so many times people、um, don't really talk about like the classism involved.、Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I make fun of white people in my comedy a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. <laughs> Just a little bit, on occasion. Not, just a little bit, just a little bit. But I'm not talking about the, like, the, I'm, this is such an inappropriate tweet that I tweeted the other day, but I was like, I love, like, the, like, the gas station, like, heroin doing white people. Like, those are all my friends.、Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I mean that, it, like, I'm like, those are all my friends. Like, all my friends are just like, we've had a history of heroin and we hang out at the gas station and we're white. <laughs> but, like, that, I'm not talking about those people when I make fun of white people. I'm talking about, like, the rich, like, condescending racist people that are in power. Yeah, I didn't really get it. Until Bon Appetit. That was my first time around people that rich, and I was like, whoa. You know how everyone makes fun of the East Coast elite? I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm East Coast.、Uh, I'm、yeah. not East Coast elite. Especially during COVID, it made it more obvious how different their lives are from mine, you know? Man, I hate, I hate rich white people so much. Sorry, that's just, <laughs> that's just what's going on in my head while you're talking. I was like, no wonder I felt weird around those. Like when I saw those people on, like, I was like, something about this person, it's because、mm. they're rich. <laughs> um,、mm-hmm. No, that's like a really important point. That is a, such an important point. And I feel that、yeah. there are a lot of parallels with comedy and food in that. Food is <gasps> universal. You, you mentioned that everyone eats, everyone has an experience with food. And with comedy, the barrier ent- for entry is、mm-hmm. very low. No matter where you're coming from, you just have to write, take some time, write some jokes, and go to your local open mic, and you can start doing it. And, but, but you in, can't do it well, can you? <laughs> <laughs> Now, that's, you can do it, but do it well, that's another question. However, even in comedy, Even though there's like anyone can technically try and attempt comedy and do it and has an experience with、mm. it, everyone has cracked a joke or made someone laugh. It is rich white people, they're, they're the gatekeepers and they figure out, like, you are now officially the chosen funny one, but they're bringing、mm-hmm. along、yeah. their like elite East Coast biases. Into the selection、yeah. process. So it's exactly、yes. the same in, in food media. And I feel like with restaurants, you must be, you must be knighted by the rich white men in order、yeah. to be deemed successful. I feel like this is a huge issue for every industry. And it's just、mm-hmm. like people weirdly don't talk about it, and, right? Because like you hear like the, oh, like they're white people in charge, but they always drop the rich part. Because that would unite us all. How many people fit in that rich category? Imagine if we all figured it out. It was just a few rich people and everybody else. We'd all stop fighting about stupid shit. Seriously. Seriously.、Wow. I'm joining the gas station whites. That's, not, that's my team. We're waiting, for, we're waiting to beat you up outside of the gas station. 
I do want to go back to, you mentioned there's progress that has been made in the food media landscape. And, you know, there's been an increase in the diversity of voices that are able to provide like their stories in food media. And I'm, I guess I'm approaching it from a recipe angle or from just a larger food business angle in that, and I, I you know, I'm, I, I don't have a food background, but, and I talk about this with my friends too, where, okay, it's great. Now we all know it's a feel thing where, okay, if this white dude is trying to teach everyone like this is the correct way to make a Vietnamese pho, something doesn't sit right with me on that. But then on the other end of the spectrum, there is what does balance look like then in the future? Because my friends are like, well, just because you're not that race or you're not from that cultural background, am I only limited to like, can someone only cook that thing then? And Mm. I don't know, like, what is the solution to that? What does that look like? And I kind of want to pose that to you and Youngmi because both of you, yeah. I think everyone's overcomplicating it intentionally Mm. to to kind of avoid the real issue. Like, Mm. Mm. everyone can make everything, but I think when it comes to like chefs and people in food media, it's about, you know, don't act like you invented curry. Mm. Don't act like you invented falafel. Like, put some context between behind the food you're putting out there and do your research. And with recipes, it's really simple. You've got a head note. You have space to, like, talk about the cultural and historical uh, Mm. roots of the dish you're presenting, which is a great way to do it. And then as a chef, I mean... I think it's a lot of, a lot of stuff is just like about acknowledgement and naming and doing something with respect. Like, like Pani Puri is a South Asian street food that I've noticed Mm -hmm. a lot of chefs are getting like really into. It's Mm. like these, uh, it's a, it's called chat. It's a type of chat and it's, um, these crispy semolina shells that are filled with like chickpea or potato and then like a tamarind water and you pop it in your mouth and it's like crunchy and refreshing Mm -hmm. and all this at once but like people are calling things pani puri but they're just like Mm. nachos you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) they're just like slapping that name on there to make it seem exotic don't do dumb shit like that then people are gonna yell at you (laughs) that's so funny pani puri is like one of my favorite foods and I'm like I would be so upset if I'm like fuck yeah, give me some of that. And the nachos, nachos come to the table. I'm like, this is not what I ordered. I don't want, I don't want nachos. Why? And I'm like, for some reason, I'm imagining it like movie theater nachos. It's just like uh-huh. Fritos with like <laughs> cheese whiz or something. I'm like, this isn't what I wanted. That's um, so, I've also noticed that kimchi, like people are starting to use that word really liberally now. Oh yeah, they are. Kimchi's really having a moment. <laughs> It's been, I feel like it's been having a moment, which is so weird because it was like, damn, we got like verbally assaulted about it. <laughs> I have, I have trauma. Yeah. I'm like, this is, I never expected, I never expected it, y'all to love this kimchi thing. Taking the world by storm. How do you feel about like kimchi mayo on a burger, kimchi grilled cheese? I don't hate it. Well, this is the thing. I don't like grilled cheeses. Or, but I like hamburgers and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset about kimchi on a, or like a hot dog. I like kimchi on a hot dog. Mm-hmm. It's just but flavorful think, sauerkraut. Yeah. It doesn't really bother me. I guess in that vein, in what you just described, it would bother me if someone hasn't done their research is claiming 
this to be the right way to consume kimchi or this is the best way, that wouldn't sit well with me. But if someone was slapping it onto an unconventional yeah. food, I'm like, yeah, you can throw it on anything oily and it tastes really fucking good. <laughs> Give it to me. Yeah, yeah. like white people, Brian. <laughs> or like if you make coleslaw and put gochugaru in it and then call that kimchi. No. <laughs> I feel like that's uh, no. the line. That Which is I've not seen. right. Wait, so I wanted to say something about, sorry, something you brought up about, you know, what you were, what Brian asked you about other people making different kinds of food and you're like, I think what you said was really important. I just want to like emphasize you were like, no one said that you can't make anything like whoever you are, you can make whatever you want. And I think that's how I feel too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like no one in food media and no person of color has ever said, if you're white, you can't make kimchi or whatever. Nobody said that. Anyone's ever said said that. Right. No, but they're making it. I feel like these like online people are doing these like straw man arguments like, Oh, we we can't I learned do what anything. that was yeah. from TikTok, the straw man argument. <laughs> I, I learned it from a book that I read. <laughs> Who's the I author? <laughs> I probably also learned that from TikTok. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think it was just like really important to emphasize because, you know, like I feel like they, you know, weird white people that are like defensive are trying to attack up and then they're like mm-hmm. oh well you you're gonna make a you're gonna put like chinese sausage in your korean food or something like that and i'm like yeah it's relax right mm-hmm. well and some yeah. people are getting like emotional like i got this really sad dm from like a grandmother in the midwest who's white and her son-in-law is indian and she was like does this mean i can't make him indian food and i'm like of course not Please go make him some dal. <laughs> She's like, I made pani puri and it's nachos. It's just nachos. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that yeah, it's like so funny when people get defensive about that. It's like it's like all we're asking. It, it almost proves that they're like not really listening to mm-hmm. what, what people of color are saying. Like all we're asking is that you are, have like a baseline of respect mm-hmm. and don't don't pretend that you own everything Mm -hmm. Mm. and that's all we're asking yeah Yeah. like how with pasta we know all the shapes cavatappi penne rigatoni and then in india everything's a curry right Right. oh that's so interesting yeah that's the kimchi thing too like there's like hundreds of types of kimchi but they only know about the cabbage kimchi you know it's not even the most exciting one God, no, my mom, my mind is blown right now. I'm just like, <laughs> I never asked to know what tagliatella pasta is. Why is that taking space in my brain? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like what? pasta. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Why do I know what burrata means? Why isn't it just cheese? <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Sola, you read as someone that to me because I've just met you and I didn't know you before, but your like public persona reads as like very authentic and real. Um, have there been moments in your career where you questioned like if you weren't doing the right thing or you're were playing, you weren't like playing the game or like acting like the correct way? And do you like where do you find the inner strength to be so like authentic? And I feel like with that level of authenticity, it's like a vulnerability that a lot of people aren't willing to give up. Like, where do you think that comes from in your personality? Um, 
Well, you know, I never thought of myself as likable. Like, I, I, my biggest thing is I think everybody hates me. Like, all the time. I just, like, spiral. I'm like, like, I'll have a conversation with, like, the FedEx person, and I'll be like, they fucking hate me. <laughs> you know, we walk in the oh dog. God, I'm like and, that, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just think everybody hates me. So, and, like, I've always felt like that since I was a kid, because I was, like, I was weird. Oh. It wasn't like cool to just be obsessed with one thing, which I, I was I was always just obsessed with food. So I, I didn't people always thought I was weird. Like it actually happened twice in my life, once in like fourth grade, where the whole class took me behind a trailer and told me they yeah. hated me. And what? then it, <laughs> then it happened again in college when my in all the girls in my dorm took me to the roof and locked me there and said that they hated me. And I didn't have a cell phone. So I was just like So after that I was just like I don't really care what people think because they probably won't like me. So I'm going to just be myself because no matter what other people thought about me, I always liked me. I have like my, for some reason, it never really got in my head. I think I, I definitely think everybody hates me, but I also don't hate myself. And I think that's the key to it, you know? Oh, that that makes a lot of sense. So it's just like self-love and self-confidence. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm like, you know, so I'm like blown away that that happened to you. And that's it's so interesting because I'm like, you know, my perception of you is like you're so likable and everyone's like Sola. And, I'm, and like, the, <laughs> the fact recent. that you have this story <laughs> that somebody that's like so traumatizing. I think for a long time, it just made me not trust people. But mm. I think I just found, I think when you're in school, it's tough because you can't find, like you're just in school with people your age. It's not that you're not with people who are like you. So I feel like as I got into the industry and like met more people like me, mm. it got easier. But school is hard just for everybody because you're not with your people. You're just with the same age group who happen to live within the circumference of the school. You know what I mean? And they're all so stupid. Let's be honest. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> right. Wow. And I mean, even in the industry you're in, like food media, I feel like there is a cultural cachet to it that it's very, quote unquote, cool. I think that's why you have these rich, elite East Coast types who don't really need to worry about money. And what they're striving yeah. for is... I want this cool cachet. I, maybe I'm projecting my own personality here where that would make me, I would, I'm very impressionable in that way where I would have a mm. lot of self-doubt and be like, fuck, I'm not cool enough. I'm not doing the things I should be doing to benefit my career. Has that ever like crept into your mind at all? You know, the first time I ever started thinking about my like quote unquote career is like a few months ago because oh. I'm, I'm getting like a lot of, attention on what I'm doing but sure for my whole life I just kind of was like I like to cook and I just wanted to do something that allowed me to be around food and what that job meant often changed you know like sometimes mm -hmm. I was in uh, the back of the restaurant sometimes I worked in like admin sometimes I worked in like front of house or media but I just wanted to be around food. And when I got sick of one thing, I would just go to the next, you know? Mm, mm -hmm. I didn't have like long-term career goals, but now I feel like I kind of do because I feel like I'm supposed to. And how does that make you feel that you so feel like you're supposed out. to have? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it makes yeah. it a lot less fun than just like feeling like I'm anonymously just doing work I like. 
you know, you're in this industry full of a bunch of fakos Mm -hmm. that are like just rich and they don't really, they're not talented and they're just like, this is what they're doing, I guess, you know, like that. And you have this authentic passion and talent. And it's like, I could almost, and that's why everyone loves you, obviously. Like the people that love you. So you're like, oh. <laughs> and people do, lo like people really love you, you know, like your your fans and like people who know about you. And, and I feel like the people in your industry are like, what? Like they don't get it because they don't have it. Do you know what I mean? I think that it's a lot of people go into food because they want to get famous. And I think that's when yeah. you can like tell that they're not authentic because I don't know. Yeah. Th this just kind of happened. It was never the plan. So I'm just still me. I don't know. You're a real one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> that's, that's all I wanted I mean, to meanwhile, say. <laughs> meanwhile, I'm like, damn, as soon as this interview is over, I'm going to start telling everyone that I fucking hate the sun and I just love the rain and snow. And that's what really <laughs> makes me happy. That's what Sola likes. I'm <laughs> Brian's like, I'm unique. I'm not like other, I'm not like other guys. <laughs> um, oh, that is fun. That's funny. Your influence, Sola, your influence. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think that was like basically just what I wanted to say. It's just like, you know, people read that and people can tell that you, also I wanted to touch on the fact that you said when you were a kid, you were upset with food so this has been a lifelong thing for you yeah yeah I mean I think probably not in a healthy way but it's worked out I, I really don't have like hobbies or anything else that I do I, I only have books about food I only watch tv about food when I was a kid I was like that too and I married someone who's exactly like me so when I'm out in the world with normal people it's like so strange I'm like whoa we're talking about things like children and movies. I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying as a kid, how old are you? Like, do you remember being when you were like super into? Uh, young, I don't know, like five or six. I remember. Um, Whoa. The first time I got really obsessed with food was watching Reading Rainbow. And he did an episode where they he read a book about pizza and it like blew my mm -hmm. mind because I only grew up eating Bangladeshi food. So I hadn't even eaten at that age. I hadn't even eaten bread and cheese. So I just thought pizza was like mm -hmm. this magical thing. And I really wanted to learn how to make it. And I remember just like begging my mom to buy Boboli, those pre-made pizza crusts. Yeah. Do you remember mm -hmm. those that yeah. you just top with uh, sauce and cheese? Um, but yeah, like I was really curious about a lot of American food because I saw it in media but I never mm -hmm. ate it because we didn't eat that stuff growing up. So those were like, I thought like chocolate chip cookies were magical. Mm -hmm. I loved a uh, box cake mix. There was a point in my life when I was a child. I don't remember this, but multiple aunts and uncles have confirmed that I went through a phase of like six months where every single day I made a box mix cake, decorated it and sang happy birthday to myself. Legend. <laughs> like, why, did my parents, why did my parents allow that? That's terrible. <laughs> that is so amazing. That is like literally legend. That's legend right there. <laughs> I'm baking myself self. I love myself. I'm making myself a birthday cake. That is so sweet. Every Aww. day. <laughs> I love that. Well, Sola, thank you for, you know, being your authentic self and 
sharing your thoughts and wonderful wisdom with us on this podcast. Uh, but before we let you go, uh, this is a question that we like to ask all of our guests, and that is, what is something that you're proud of? Oh, huh, that's tough. You know, okay, <laughs> I, I get proud of like very little things. I don't really care about big things. Today, I am proud that I woke up early. Yeah, I started my day while I woke up early. I did a little yoga, walked the dog. Yesterday, I was really proud because I made this really cool savory corn mochi cake recipe coming soon. Oh my God. It was really, really savory. <laughs> what? Yeah, I it's cannot like, wait. I'm going to make that. It's like a, it's inspired by corn cheese. It's like a corn cheese mochi cake <gasps> with gochugaru. Oh. <laughs> Let's go! Let's go! Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited for that recipe to come out. Wow. Oh, that's lovely, though. I can't wait. I think we need to. What are you proud of? Oh, Brian. Oh, what are you proud of? Us. Spinning it on me. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Um. Brian, you're you know, really dropping the ball no, here. No, 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 no. I know, I know. I know what it is. I know what it is. I think, I, I am, I think in recent weeks, I have made a more concerted effort to stand up for myself and mm. especially in when it comes to difficult conversations where people's feelings may potentially be hurt um in the past i would sort of bury that and just let it slide and you know i've, I've been standing up for myself more and that's something that i'm proud of because yes like it's those might be difficult conversations confrontations never easy but um, I'm left feeling with so much, so much better, so much more clarity, so much more closure and yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's what I'm proud of. That's good. I'm proud of you too. Oh, <laughs> uh, what about you young me? I was, pr I'm proud that, I don't know why so I was like, Oh, then I'm going to say goodbye. So I don't have to say this. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I, uh, you know what I'm proud of? I have to feel, I feel like every time something good happens to me, I'm like, I don't want to do this because I think maybe the deep feeling is that I don't think I deserve it. Like anything related with work, like comedy work, I'm like, oh, they want me to do this show or something. And I'm like, why? I suck. Like that's the thought, the first thought that comes to my head. And there was this thing earlier this week that I really didn't want to do because I felt embarrassed and I felt like I didn't deserve it. And those are just like, and I made myself do it. And I'm really happy that I did it because there was a big chance that I was going to just cancel and not do it. So I'm proud of that. Oh, I'm proud of you too, That's young neighbor. Yeah. Um, Thank you. So, but, and I'm also so glad that you said that because I feel like, you know, when you're, I feel like as Asians and you don't need like anything huge to be proud of, you know, like every little thing is like a victory. Right. Mm -hmm. So, Although I am curious, Sola, let's say a big thing happens to you. Then do you kind of downplay that then? No, I don't like to think about those things. Mm -mm. <laughs> mm -mm. Yeah. I, like, I don't like praise. <laughs> I think praise is the worst thing ever, and I'm trying not to turn into a monster. Oh. You know, too Are much you praise. I feel like that's a. Okay, on TikTok, I saw that a sign <laughs> that you're not a. <laughs> the sign that you're not a narcissist is that your fear is that you will become a narcissist or that you are a narcissist. <laughs> that is a sign that you're not a narcissist. So if that's your fear, that means that you're good. <laughs> I always ask my friends, like, if I haven't seen them in a while, I was like, do I seem different? Did I turn into a monster? Because I've seen it happen before. It doesn't take much for some people. <laughs> I heard that with fame, somebody, somebody's therapist told me that with fame, it doesn't make you different. 
it just gives you space to be who you are. So if you were so an if, asshole, you just become an asshole. Like it, the asshole yeah, was like you're always within. an asshole. Yeah. yeah. You, you were so always an like, asshole, but it's just, you have the, you feel the confidence to express your full assholiness. Exactly. Mm. So I'm just saying you shouldn't be afraid of that because you're a nice person. So you're just going to be, you know, a nice person. I'm going to still be afraid need- of it. <laughs> what if we see you in a year and you're like get out of my way <laughs> excuse me get out of my way <laughs> no, if I see you around here we're gonna get corn dogs yes from yes. two hands yes oh, they're so good yes I, I see those I'm on totally TikTok. down <laughs> well so thank you again for doing the podcast uh, where can our listeners find you in your work oh yeah season two of ancient recipes is June starting June 5th. So you can check that out on the YouTube. And uh, I have a column with Food 52 called Off Script with Sola. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I am a very big fan. I've listened to a lot of these. So thank you. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. I'm so honored that you listen to our podcast. Yeah, you know, it makes me think about my Asian feelings. Do you, are you going to listen to this episode, your episode? <laughs> Just to make sure I didn't say anything terrible. After every <laughs> podcast, I like freak out and I'm like, did I say something terrible? Did I offend somebody? No. <laughs> I'm going to be walking I, on offended- the street and see Sola in her red Corvette convertible blasting her own podcast episode out on full volume. <laughs> <laughs> With lots Get of out space. of my way, I'm listening to me. <laughs> 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 and what about you, Youngmei? Um, okay, you can find me at YM Mayor on social media, and then my TikTok is Youngmei Mayor. How about you, Brian? Uh, you guys can find me on socials at It's Brian Park, and make sure to follow our podcast on social media. We have a TikTok, and we're active on Instagram for all those crispy Asian memes. You can find us uh, at a- <laughs> you can find us at Feeling Asian Podcast. And just want to give a quick shout out to our sound engineer, Sarah Pack. If you need any help with your audio related projects, please hit her up on Instagram at I am underscore p a k t. That's at Impact. And once again, thank you so much for doing the podcast, Sola. Yeah, this is fun. Thanks for having me. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.